We are so excited to be partnering with Marco Polo. Marco Polo is a video chat app that brings you closer to the people you love the most. Connection is a big factor in why we started doing the podcast, and this app has allowed us to connect with many of you and continue the conversation. Our listeners will get a free two-month pass for Marco Polo Plus. Just download the free version of the app, click on the link in our show notes, and it will upgrade your account, giving you access to double speed, the notepad, and other awesome perks. Happy poloing! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Overstimulated Moms Club. We are your hosts, Dana and Kara, and we are overstimulated. Amen. That is true. <laughs> I'm Kara. That's Dana, if you didn't know. Um, sometimes people still can't tell, apparently. So, um, yes, I, I'm constantly overstimulated. So, and um, today is the day after Halloween. So, I'm extra overstimulated from yesterday. Yeah. The kids had inflatable costumes and they walked slower than toddlers. So took her a really long time, which is harder than because Stevie was so slow. And here's another problem with those inflatable costumes. All the kids that were going up to the doors in those inflatable costumes with my kids were whacking them every time they tried to get up the door. And every time they were trying to turn around, a tail would hit Stevie right in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Parker was an axolotl. So he had um gills you know sticking out from his head and a big tail and big arms and he was really trying to be very careful um with the little kids so he it's so hard and- though when you're all going up to the door at the same time which is like helpful for the person who's passing out candy because it's like they don't yeah. have to hear their door um doorbell a million times but still i'm like all right we got to break out of this group we gotta, we gotta yeah. get away from this kid yeah no seriously i mean we were kind of the slow pokes we started with a bunch of people and then we ended up being like on the tail end so and gavin's hyper aware of like other people so but i had to like start going up with him and helping him down the stairs because i realized he couldn't see so he's like like a blind person like feeling around with his toes <laughs> it was pretty funny but yeah i was done after the end of the night that's for sure yeah I'll wrap it up Stevie only lasted probably an hour and then I took her inside and I was like okay but Sawyer stayed out until like nine o'clock with Luke yeah and I was surprised she was not a hot mess this morning so gosh but I'm sure that she just went to preschool so I'm sure the overstimulation will come precisely this afternoon yeah she's gonna she's gonna rage later isn't she (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> the candy rage. So speaking of that, we're talking today about moms that are over how to keep yeah, moms that are overstimulated, how to keep your cool when your kids are not cool or keeping their cool. This was a requested uh episode by some of our listeners. So we'll impart some of our knowledge with you. And come out May, take what you like. It's not like we have a lot. No, okay. So this has been something that 
I've been thinking about a lot because I've gone through a summer. Well, I think I've mentioned this before, but I recently got diagnosed with a PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Essentially, it means that my PMS is just like to the max. And um, so parenting becomes extremely difficult when I'm in, you know, two weeks out of the month. So um, I noticed that I was continually being overstimulated during those times. Um, and so I've had to figure out how to find a solution so that I'm not like raging at my kids all the time. So for me, what has helped has been um, getting up before my kids wake up and having time by myself, um, specifically just like sitting and not doing anything for the first couple of minutes. Um, that's been really helpful. And then I'll either study or meditate or journal. And I've noticed a big difference in how that sets a good foundation for me um, before my kids wake up and before they have a chance to come jump in my bed and wake me up. Because if I am woken up, man, that overstimulation starts bright and early. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I think that that is great that you set your day, you set your intentions and try to ground yourself before the D, the ungrounding begins. Yeah. Um, very, yes. So I think that it's really important to just like stress that if you lose it with your kids, you're not like a bad mom. Doesn't make you a bad person, bad mom. Everybody does it. Like you're totally normal. You're not special. Sorry. And when you realize that you have other stuff going on, it helps you like that. It's not just like normal things. Like you have, you may have ADHD, you may have depression or anxiety or another diagnosis, your hormones, maybe wackadoodle, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can come into play that I think can set the stage for you to be more easily overstimulated. Um, when I was finally get so I got on, um, antidepressants right after, or a few months after my second pregnancy, my third child. And I like filled out the survey and they're like, Ooh, sweetheart, you're not okay. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm, I'm it's fine. Like, I know I'm not okay, but like, they're like, you might have to be, mm, we need to watch you closely. Like you answered affirmative to all the things you've got 150,000% on this. You're not okay. I was like, Oh, really? Like, I think I'm fine. <laughs> but that made a huge deal for me. Like the, my, um, pre po postnatal anxiety was insane. I was just worried about everything kind of OCD, um, patterned thoughts of just obsessing about things like money, insurance that wasn't going right, screaming babies. Like, are, are they breathing? Like, can you hear that? You know, I just couldn't function. So I was finally got on medication after, after that second pregnancy and stayed on it. And I actually have really haven't changed my medication, like hardly at all, but it was interesting. I got like a different, just a regular practitioner doctor. And I was just like, Hey, um, I 
think I need to either up my dose or try something new. I don't know. And he's like, well, tell me your symptoms. I'm like, I am angry all the time. I just want to rage. And he's like, yeah, that's a really big symptom of your, of depression and anxiety. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Like, I just thought I was angry and not a good mom, you know? Yeah. And so I appreciated him telling me, he's like, oh, that's normal, sweetheart. Like, you're not crazy. And it was, yeah, it was nice. Like sometimes it's just so hard sometimes with doctors, especially like OBGYNs when they just like tell you everything is, is normal, like get over it kind of, and they don't help you dig deeper or I don't know, but he gave me the Xanax and he was like, let's not change medications. I don't think that's a great idea at this time. Let's just give you something for when you're like, oh, I think I'm dying. And I was like, okay, I can do that. That was been very helpful over the years. I really rarely take it, but a few years ago was definitely appreciated having those in the cupboard. Um, but anyways, yeah, if you feel like something's just not quite right, that like your responses are even more so than like, go talk to your doctor about it. There could be something wrong. Like Dana cracked her cycles and like tried to make all these like healthy changes before finally being like, let's talk to a real doctor about this. And that helped. You're still, I'm sure, working on that. Yeah, for sure. But I do think um, tracking is really helpful. Noticing patterns or trends when you're getting overstimulated. Um, I was talking to a friend who over the last several years also has gone on a journey of just figuring out her mental health. And, you know, it's interesting. I asked her if she noticed that she had these symptoms of overstimulation, like before she had kids and she said she did, um, she said, but she said it was exacerbated by having children because I think some of the underlying things that she had as an adolescent of, you know, loud noises, just being sensitive to foods and different things like that. Um, when you have kids just kind of get blown out of the water. So, um, some things that she suggested that I was like, oh, wow, that's, I think just good ideas is that she's like, I keep the TV at like a minimal level always. I thought that was really interesting. She's like, anytime we watch TV, I have the subtitles on, um, in the car, like my kids are just used to, you know, really soft music or no music at all which I'm like, okay, now that I have had my TV on full blast and music constantly in the car with, you know, super kitties playing in the background, I don't know if I could ever make that adjustment without it being a full on uh, fight with my four-year-old. But maybe if you have young children and you're starting to notice things like that already, you can set the boundaries of what what works for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember there's like a literal diagnosis of being a highly sensitive person that like literally your like your sense of touch is just hypersensitive. Your hearing is hypersensitive. You feel things deeply and they diagnose adults with it more often than little kids. Um, but it's like a literal diagnosis and they're, they recommend a lot of, um, 
so like with kids, they'll say you have sensory processing disorder, but that's like not actual, like a real diagnosis. Like that's not in the code of mental health, like to actually diagnose somebody with. Um, but people use that term. Um, but, uh, what is the word? There's desensitizing like practices, um, that occupational therapists, that's the word I was looking for. will teach like little kids that like, those kinds of tools aren't always taught to adults. Like one of them is dry brushing, like using those dry bristled mm-hmm. brushes and following your lymphatic pattern and just having that rough texture, like all over your body. So with dry brushing with kids, they have you do it with, um, you know, those little hair brushes that they give babies in the hospital. Yeah. They're like kind of plasticky yeah. with one of those. Cause they're, they're still soft, but they have many textures, you know? And so they'll have you dry brush their, their hands and their feet and like their chest, um, like every day, like at least like 15 times, like multiple times a day, like, on, and that's like one way to help kind of, um, turn off those highly sensitive receptors that, Anyway, so I just thought of that. Um, just remembered that from a long time ago. But anyways, I think that's just like a separate, separate thing. But like you were saying, recommendations of like trying to kind of control your environment to the best of your ability, like teaching, telling your family, communicating with your family what your needs are and what their needs are. And maybe sometimes meeting in the middle, I think is a good idea. As my kids have gotten older, I just tell them like, okay, mommy is really overstimulated right now. I'm about to freak out. Can you please not touch me or whisper in my ear anymore? (laughs) And it's the soft touches and soft sounds sometimes that can't do it. So funny. Pickling my feet. Stop. You know, it's interesting. I think even I've noticed what a difference just communicating with your kids and being honest Mm -hmm. with them. I've noticed like if I'm having a particularly hard day, the moments where I have just kind of bottled it all in and have just like gritted my teeth through it, I notice things get worse. But those times when I've told Sawyer like, Hey, I'm really having a hard time. I'm really tired today, or I'm feeling really angry today or frustrated today. And I really need like this time by myself that she is more inclined to actually listen to my needs, which I think in my mind, I thought like, oh, if you tell her, like I tell her not to do things or to do things all the time. And she's like, no. So I'm like, what is this is just going to backfire because then I'm going to be mad, you know, that I'm telling her what I need and she doesn't do anything. But I found in those moments where I have communicated clearly what I'm feeling, I think already she's learning an important skill of empathy and is able to practice having empathy. And um, yeah, it's been much better. I will say, so there's going to be times though, when you're overstimulated and your kid is also overstimulated. Yeah. So what do you do in those situations? Um, recently Luke and I 
started reading because we were really struggling with tantrums. And I feel like tantrums went hand in hand with my overstimulation. Um, And this book that we read, it's called the Tantrum Survival Guide. It was really great. I think what I liked about it is that in a section of the book, it talked about how you as a parent, how your personal history is going to influence a tantrum, um, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. Um, you know, they talk about how um, parents influence of a tantrum of a tantrum most of the time is because of one, like your expectations of what you have for your child to your personal history, um, three, your current stress level and four, your emotional reactivity to the situation. And what was really interesting for me to break down is one expectations. I think I have this expectation that Sawyer is going to behave a certain way and that she'll be able to be consistent with that. So as a little exercise, I actually wrote down like, okay, what are some of my expectations that I have for Sawyer that might actually be unrealistic? So some of the examples that I wrote down are like the things that she has done without a hitch, she will, will, and can keep doing them. Um, that she'll be able to keep it together based on my schedule and not her schedule or that she'll act today the same way she did yesterday. Or I expect vacations or special or specific days to go a certain way. Um, And then I wrote down like, when these things don't go according to my expectations, how do I feel? Well, I feel resentful when I don't get my alone time or I feel angry if things don't go the way that I thought that they should. Um, And in the book, the author talks about how expectations are resentments under construction. And that was a big, like, aha moment for me of like, whoa, okay, I need to realign my expectations or reestablish my expectations because the reality is that she's four and a half. She's not, I mean, we can't act the same way that we did yesterday. I think it's just interesting in general that we have these expectations for our kids. But then when we look at ourselves and think like, well, did I act the exact same way yesterday or today as I did yesterday? Absolutely not. There's going to be different things that happen. We're going to be stimulated by different experiences or emotions. And of course, our behavior is going to change from the day to day. Valid. Yeah, I think we just, for, I just sometimes think back and I'll like go watch videos of my kids when they were little and I totally talked to them like they were big and like had these expectations, like they completely understood and could meet my expectations, you know? So it's really yeah. funny that like as toddlers, you know, I'm talking to my kids, like we don't pull hair because that hurts. And like, they're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just reacting. I'm just protecting myself. I'm going to pull hair. Like I'm going to bite. Like, yeah. So it's just funny to like, look back and realize that I totally did not have age appropriate expectations sometimes, you know, and I gave higher expectations to my daughter versus my son because he was on the spectrum and nonverbal and she could talk. And so I expected her to like be 
responsible for him and herself and you know things like that so kind of undoing that programming with time but yeah um well it's interesting too that um I think what contributes sometimes to children's overstimulation is lack of consistency in our ability Mm -hmm. to have a routine so the author in this book also talks about how toddlers and I think kids in generals are routine obsessed, which makes them a little rigid. So when things don't go according to what a kid has planned, it results in overstimulation or big reactions. Um, so one thing that it suggests is again, communicating with your child about what they can expect. So, you know, you explain, oh, this is what we're doing with our day today. This is what you can expect out of us going to the grocery store and being really clear about everything. Um, I noticed when I was doing that, we would have less tantrums, you know, especially if we went into the grocery store and, you know, I would have already explained like, okay, we're going to the grocery store. If you can use your inside voice the whole time while we're at the store you can pick something out on our way out but if I have to give you more than two warnings we're not going to be able to get a a donut you know just being really clear in your communication and your expectations so that there isn't this emotional reactivity to something new and something not going according to their plans that's great I forgot I muted myself so I was like "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm (laughs) mm-hmm You can hear me. Uh, love that. I think that that I totally agree with that. And especially even with my kids getting older, like, no, we're we're not going out to dinner, even though it's like convenient right now. Like, or just, yeah, pre-talking about things and saying, yeah, if there's going to be a change in plan, try to give them time to adjust. For myself, I found that one of the most effective things for me to avoid a personal meltdown and overstimulation and to, or stop one is to have like noise canceling earplugs, like keep some loops in the car or in the kitchen or wherever the car is probably my number one. Cause there's no escape, right? You can't go and take a mommy time out in the car. So I wear my AirPods or like loops like all the time in the car. Another change that we made that's been huge for all of us is we used to have a TV. Like we've always had a TV in our car and um, they would fight over the show. They'd scream about it. Like, and this is what I want. And so the whole drive would still be like them fighting over the shows and it would be so frustrating for me. Um, So now we started listening to the Harry Potter books uh, because we have a 20 minute drive to school, to and from school every day. So now we're almost done with book four and it's like silent the whole whole time. And they're like, no, it was him. (laughs) And awesome. Yeah. So that's been huge. It's developing an interest for them. They're engaged and it's like, that's the new expectation. That's the it the variable isn't going to change of what we're doing in the car. 
the show, whatever. And so, yeah, it's 10 out of 10. Highly recommend listening to a book series or kid podcast or something like that that is, you know, neutral. And the Harry Potter narrator is the best. So, and his voice is very calm. And so, yeah, if you have a little bit older kids that could listen to Harry Potter, 10 out of 10, do it. Love that. I think that another thing for me, I find I get really overstimulated when I'm stuck in like a doom scroll on my phone um, and I cannot get out of it. So setting timers on my phone use has some has is helpful. And I think all of the like blue light, you know, from electronics really jacks up our brains. Um, so putting your phone away, having certain times where you don't engage in it is really healthy and can, can not be that stimulation for you or, or getting off of social media for a time. If you're realizing that it's causing stress and anxiety in your life, um, or aiding and abetting your depression or something like that. Um, yeah, that's been a significant change. I feel like I've made personally, as I started to notice that I was more irritated with my kids when I was doing mindless scrolling and they were more irritated with me. Yeah. Um, they would try to get my attention and I would be so sucked into my phone that I wouldn't hear them. And so by the, you know, the fifth time that they've been trying to get my attention, they're screaming at me. And then I'm like, stop screaming at me. But they're like, hello, I've been trying to get your attention for five minutes now, you know? And so I noticed too, that, you know, there was a lot of things like with overstimulation, like my impulse to buy stuff, just the impulse to like numb out, um, all of that significantly decreased when I went off social media and I felt like I was able to be more present with my kids. And so I, I highly encourage that. I think that we are finally now starting to see the effects that social media and phone use are having on us. I mean, I feel like for years, people have been talking about, you know, that it's increasing depression in teenage kids. But I, I think for so long, I somehow thought that I was not included in that. But then when I actually started to notice how much my depression and anxiety were influenced by my social media use, it was this epiphany of like, oh, it's not just teenagers who are dealing with this. We as adults are also dealing with this. And I was like, I'm not going to let this control my life anymore well i'm so glad that you had that epiphany and that it doesn't control you i i also like i don't know how people that social media or content creators like how like that's their job and i don't know how they do it because even like occasionally putting out like my little comedic clips that I do, like thriving lessons with Bob, those stress me out. And putting anything on the internet and kind of waiting for people's responses, waiting for the likes, seeing 
if it goes anywhere is so stressful and I hate it. So I have to like turn off notifications for like everything off my phone um, because that will pull me away from my life completely and completely dysregulate me. So that's why Barb hasn't been back for a while. I have been overstimulated or Barb's been overstimulated and just can't deal. So maybe when it's cold outside again, that's when her she's prime, prime winter content. Yeah. For Barb. But well, I mean, truthfully, that's part of the and the aspect of the our podcast that I just hate, hate like having to promote the podcast and increase you know our number of downloads based on how we're connecting on social media it's it's hard it's a hard one for me so that's why we're asking you as our listeners to do it for us yeah so if there's something that you like you share it with your friends because we have shared it and I feel like we just don't get the same response I agree I think that we only really see like the boost of numbers when somebody else shares it and people find us obviously just like randomly. Yeah. Uh, I'll have people in my life. It's our funny, like, Oh my gosh, I just found your podcast when I was Googling like podcasts about suicide survivors. And I was like, beg your pardon. That is a really random topic, but you found us through that. But you also have been following me on Instagram for a while and you didn't know that I podcast you know that's funny whatever Um, or I feel like we have one of our sisters Rachel that owns the farm she always all of a sudden will get clients who are like oh I came across your sister's podcast and I'm like what how random you know yeah so help us out like a little bit Uh, take the stress of our life I think that if we felt that forward movement to more we would feel like our creative juices were more flowing which now we're putting the responsibility onto our listeners, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but I think that is a pretty big factor in, you know, we joked on our very first episode about taking our hiatus, but I think that that was being overstimulated in our lives is, is a big factor in what took us away from the things that bring us a lot of joy. I feel like I end up having to make trade-offs. And so for me, the, the trade-off of being overstimulated was like, I just can't do the podcast, even though I love it. And I love the connections I've made with people. I love hearing people's stories. I love having these conversations, but I just could not break through the barrier of being overstimulated and having the creative block. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that's the same thing. Like I couldn't make Barb videos and it's so funny. People will message my husband and be like, your why is so funny. She need, where's Barb? I'm like, well, first of all, comment on a video and like don't text him. Tell Barb directly. And, and then maybe it'll help boost some serotonin and dopamine and get it going. And Barb will uh, come back. Barb will come back. Barb needs people to tell her she's pretty, okay? And funny. Oh. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, I think that the internets and phone use and social medias really as moms has 
massively affected us. There's like such positive like resources that I think can come out of, of the access that we have to each other, but that it also can really mess you up if you live in a space of comparison on, and, you know, I think that's the worst part yeah. of it, you know, for sure. So for sometimes sure. take a little, do a social media fast, lean out, uh, <laughs> from the toxins that might be coming in through the internets. Um, listen to some books or something instead. Dana and I go through a wicked amount of books. I think yes. I go through like one, at least every two days, I think. Yeah, unless it's like a huge book. Yeah, no, that's, and we've talked about this, that like I use that. It's crazy that I realize that listening to a book just gives me a constant dopamine hit and then I can get stuff done. So one thing that I think helps a lot of people is to stop multitasking so they don't get overstimulated, mm. but I can't live. <laughs> I have to be doing things all at the same time. But if I am listening to a book and it's like really good and I'm trying to tune my kids out and they're like trying to talk to me, I'm like, you're ruining my life. Stop it. Get out of my space. Stop I'm doing dishes. I'm, I'm listening to a book and I will do all the chores if you just leave me alone. Like, let me listen to my book. It'll do everything. And, uh, you know, resenting them for not doing the dishes when I just was like, go away, I'll do them myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I tried to keep that in check too, because if I get so engrossed in my books or podcasts or Marco Polo, Marco Polo has been a, a really good outlet for me to m- make connections, right? Because I think part of what can be so hard in motherhood is that it can be really lonely and isolating. And so- mm-hmm creating, um, connection has been really important for me. And so I've used Marco Polo, which if you don't know what Marco Polo is, it's a video chat app where you can send videos to people in your life as a way to send like little snippets of conversation, and then you can keep it going. Um, and that's been really great because I would say that most of my, um, like all my family is away and some of my best friends are all long distance. And so as a way for me to maintain connection in my life, I've been able to use Marco Polo, but I noticed that Marco Polo can also be the thing that like overstimulates me. If I'm noticing like, Oh, I have like a million notifications and a million conversations that I've missed. Um, or if I'm trying to Marco Polo and my kids are screaming in the background, like it's, it's really hard. So I've had to, you know, set aside pockets of time where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, be present with my kids. I will listen to a book when, you know, they're watching a show or so that we can maximize both of our times of like downtime. Um, and that's been really helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I think, think I'll when, see. when I'm trying to over, when I'm trying to multitask is when I notice too, that I'm, I overstimulate myself and then my kids get frustrated because I'm not paying attention to them. Yeah. So simplify your life as much as possible and pray compartmentalize a little, like, you know, like separate things out a little bit. I think that that can help you and have your schedule that works for you. Um, one thing that part of your schedule that I feel like has always been so good for you and your kids is your quiet time, regardless of like, if they're in naps or not, you know, and I think that's really good for you. I think that's good for your kids and teaches them like self, um, self, play or like yeah 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 
gives them time to do things that are like creative and make them use your imagination. And, and I think that that's really great. And that's something that I could, I never really could do with my kids, but I never had just like one either. Right. So I, they've always had a buddy. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to have to play self, by themselves, play by themselves, or, you know, they always have someone have, have, have had their buddies built in and, but yeah. And I did, I couldn't, my life was such chaos. Like I couldn't, like I had my routine with my kids. They had nap time and whatever, but it was like, I put them all down for naps in my bed with myself. And it was just a free for all guys. It was a madhouse. Yeah. It was a madhouse, but I usually napped when they napped and, but yeah, it was constant stimulation. Cause we always had the TV on, like we were always like had Disney channel in the background with like the little theme songs and stuff. Cause the theme songs were the best part of life for my like toddlers. <laughs> and yes. so yeah, it's different to try and reduce that sound and that input for all of us. Like it's, and we grew up in a big family. So there was always like background noise of some kind. Yeah. And because there were so many of us, we usually had the TV going. Like if I was in college, I would turn the TV on while I did homework because I was just so used to having other people around. So if my roommates were gone, I'd be like, so weird, I need sound. And, and I guess I'm probably still that way, but. <laughs> no, I cannot do that. I cannot have things going on in the background. Otherwise I cannot pay attention. Yeah. Well, I don't know how productive I was. So <laughs> just made me feel safer. I guess. Um, and then, yeah, I think that if you're in a, in a, if you, both you and your kids are in full meltdown together, it's time for timeouts, mommy timeout, baby timeout, whatever, whoever you are, daddy timeout, um, go away, go hide in your closet, go hide in the toilet where you can lock a door, take a snack and a beverage. If you need, um, take a pillow and a blankie. <laughs> yeah whatever yeah I've also had to just like lock myself in my room and literally throw like a tantrum myself where like I have like a visceral physical reaction of like I have so much pent up in my body that I literally have to stomp my feet and scream yeah and I've, I've done that a few times I lock myself in my room though so I don't scare my children yeah I do I've done that in the car like a few times were just like raged and screamed and said bad words and you know the world was ending in my life in, in those moments uh, but sometimes I like tell my kids to go inside and I just sit in the car for a while and either continue with a book or scroll for a second or you know catch up on text messages that came in while I was driving or whatever and just before because it's just chaos like after school you just come home and your kids are like with a little bit older kids. It's just a madhouse. Everyone's complaining. Everyone's hungry. Everyone needs to use the bathroom. Everyone needs you to study with them or do their homework for them because they're naughty and don't want to do it themselves. (laughs) So yeah, just having that, just like a literal two more minutes just by myself in the car sometimes is a really good like re-grounding in the spring after 
you know, this was a horrible winter in Utah. It was just like so long, you know? And I realized that I needed to go outside multiple times in the spring, like without my shoes on, go literally touch the grass with my feet and get some literal vitamin D and just be outside by myself. And if like the kids followed me, I was like, go away. I'm grounding myself. If you want to like be outside, go in the backyard. This is my space. <laughs> backyard. Yeah. Like backyard to your space. But yeah, that was just like an interesting thing that I realized that I needed after such a long winter it was like, I need to be outside and like physically ground myself alone. And so I would pull weeds too. And mm-hmm. it became like my thing to focus some energy ground and just like rub some know, dirt on it, rub some dirt on, get some nature on it. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> a little vitamin D, some nature, y'all. Rub some dirt on it. It's true. Um, but yeah. Moral of the story is if you're overstimulated, welcome to the club. You can call us, you know, if you just need a pep talk. A yes. little quote, you know, just tell you you're not abnormal because we all lose it and occasionally say bad words. Um we try really hard not to say bad words at our children. <laughs> at least under our breath. Sometimes bad words come out. I don't know about you. Like I said, it's okay to say bad words. Sometimes you're really upset. Yeah. Like, don't, just try not to swear at your children, especially if it's your fault. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you Well, know, carry has- on, my friends. Keep cool. And you're doing yes. a great job. You're doing a great job. Go get a treat. Yeah. Get a beverage. You know, starting to cool down. Put on a sweater. Light your fire. Go cuddle in your bed if you need. Whatever feels good today. You deserve that. Yes. Bless you for raising tomorrow's leaders. That makes sense. All right. Now let's end our episode by sharing our stories because this helps to put it all in perspective mm-hmm. we love them even though we want to sell them to other people sometimes <laughs> so stevie's language has like significantly increased over the last couple of months even weeks i feel like from week to week it's crazy so last night as we were trick-or-treating she i don't she calls me daddy dada and calls luke mommy okay but then she'll like flip-flop back and forth so i'm like are you confused like what's going on here i'm not really sure have you been confused every time luke cut ever since luke cut his hair i'm like i don't know what it is but so luke and sawyer were a little ahead of us and she kept yelling at luke mommy come back mommy and then at one point we were falling behind her cousin and her aunt and i was like come on stevie we gotta go catch up and she starts yelling catch up i'm catching up i'm catching up (laughs) oh so cute and also right now she keeps saying 
Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> I love when people like respond with what somebody else is supposed to say, you know, like, bless you. You're welcome. Or thank you. Like blessing yeah. themselves and saying you're welcome. Like it's just, it's just funny. Oh, you're welcome. I love, I love when children start to talk. I just, especially when like toddlers are just like, and they're totally having conversation with you. And you're like, I need a translator. (laughs) That is exactly how Stevie is. And, but she'll have like intermittent words that like totally make sense. So we have a Mm -hmm. video of her at her cousin's house and she goes, Joey, come here. Hanky, sit down. So funny. They're just little aliens and I love them. And Stevie's bangs are a hundred percent her personality now. Oh, and I hundred percent dying over she her little picture of her as Tinkerbell with her perfect little hair and her perfect little bangs and and I just love that they're like above her eyebrows for sure. You know, like they're just enough and they are. She she is now the bangs and I you're right. You're never gonna be able to grow those out. I know she is delightful right now. Yeah. My daughter, Charlotte is nine and she decided she was going to be a Karen for Halloween. So she convinced her father to buy her a wig and a t-shirt with a name tag that says, hi, my name is Karen. And then I need to speak to the manager. And Okay, I was trying to figure out what she what was. She was, yeah, she looked like I couldn't see the name tag. Yeah, she was a Karen, and it, she has very thin lips, and so I was like trying to put lipstick on, and it just kept going bigger and bigger. <laughs> and then she wanted to look older, so I tried to do kind of like slight old age makeup, like give her some wrinkles, and it, she looked pretty good for the morning at school. And then when we reapplied, it was getting to be a mess. And she's like, I look like a clown. Like she had a total meltdown. Like, I was like, there's nothing that can be done. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Cause it was like long stay lipstick. Too. Oh boy. If we wipe this off, it's going to turn your whole face red. And I'm like, just accept it. It's fine. But I'm like, she did kind of look like a clown. <laughs> oh no. Oh, but anyways but that's not really what was funny that came out of her mouth um but parker parker's our favorite he's just hoots and a half he's a hoots and a hole like all the time everything he says is funny and we he likes to play would you rather and we like would you he i don't know what trevor asked him like something along the lines of would you rather live forever or something something and his response was i want to have a short wife life so i can know the sweet embrace of death what i want to have a short life so i so i can know the sweet embrace of death that came out of my eight-year-old's mouth i don't know okay. where i don't know where he heard that the sweet embrace of death yes but you're gonna have the sweet embrace anyways everyone's gonna die so like why a short life I don't know I don't know I have no idea where he came up with that but I want to have a short life 
I know the sweet embrace of death. But also a short wife. Wife. (laughs) He's sometimes you can say his L's, but he has to think about it. And Gavin does too. Like the word life. He's like, this is the worst day of my life. Bless him. Well, carry on, moms. You're doing God's work. Yes. You're all in the trenches every day. And like I said, you deserve a treat. And do something, take care of yourselves. You know, go for a walk today if you can. And just, or yeah, you're just, you're lovely. We're just so proud of you. Bye, babes. Bye. <laughs> We're your hosts, Dana and Kara, and this is From the Mouths of Babes.